What's up, Hokie Nation, and welcome into this edition of the Tech Sideline Podcast. Virginia Tech women's basketball is right around the corner, and there is so much buzz surrounding Hokies women's hoops. So who better to bring in than the head Hokie himself, Virginia Tech head women's basketball coach Kenny Brooks, to talk all things Tech women's basketball. All that and much more coming up on episode 323 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, which starts right now. record on Friday, October 27th, 2023 from the Tech Sideline High Tech Studios in Blacksburg, Virginia. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel and please share a podcast with a friend. Well, guys, I think some introductions are in order. To our right is our managing editor, David Cunningham. Across the way is our honorary guest making his second appearance, I want to say, on the Tech Sideline podcast, Tech Women's Basketball Head Coach Kenny Brooks. Behind the scenes is our best podcast producer in the land, Nick Brown, and I am your host today, Carter Hill. Well, Coach, first off, thank you so, so much for coming on. I know it's a very busy time of year yes. with the season leading up, but very excited you could stop by. Is that it's my pleasure. My pleasure. I uh, had a lot of fun last time, so I couldn't wait to get back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. And now and you bring an ACC championship <laughs> with you and a Final Four appearance. Um, before we get into so, some hoops, though, I want to ask you about, you know, we're recording this on Friday night after Thursday night football game in Lane Stadium. I know... Maybe not on a Thursday night, but at least some of those early weekends in September. That is kind of a big recruiting tool for you guys. And you have recruits come into town and you take them to the football game. When Virginia Tech fans come in droves to Blacksburg yeah, yeah. and that place is sold out and you had Ender Sandman going, what is that like as a recruiting tool for you guys? How cool is that to be able to pitch that to potential recruits? Yeah, it, it's phenomenal. It really is. It just really shows the true nature of Hokie Nation. Uh, you know, and we're, we're not in a big city, which we obviously know, and, uh, and, and we don't apologize for that. But what we do sell is the fandom, you know, the fans, their passion for anything Virginia Tech. And, uh, and when you can bring the kids uh, on a campus and there's 70,000 passionate fans and, you know, you're walking around and, and you're being recognized. And uh, it really makes the recruits understand what Virginia Tech is all about. And, uh, in, and in women's basketball, you want to be able to put yourself in a position where you can go and you can play in front of passionate fans. So many arenas are empty. Uh, we can really boast that our fans really support. And uh, it's on display on Saturday. Saturdays and beautiful in Blacksburg. And uh, we've been very blessed to be able to show recruits that. And it's really helped us in the process. Flashing back to actually ACC tip-off on Wednesday, Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, took the podium and talked about the future of the ACC tournament. He said that potentially not all 18 teams would be invited and maybe it expands beyond a Greensboro site. Do you have any thoughts on that by chance? Well, first and foremost, I love Greensboro. Uh, the people in Greensboro do a, a magnificent job for women's basketball. You know, you walk into that place, extremely professional. Uh, everyone's friendly. Uh, they kind of you know, herd you around in a very professional manner. So you feel like it's a big time event. And, that, and that's what you want for our student athletes. You want them to have the experience. You know, we all grew up on ACC tournament basketball. 
And to be a part of that, you know, you really want that experience to be great for the kids, to be able to share something that I'll remember for the rest of their lives. So Greensboro uh, has been tremendous to us, uh, even better since last year's experience. <laughs> so we really love it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I understand what they're talking about. You know, and there are a lot of, um, we're spoiled, we're fortunate that, you know, it's only a two hour drive for Hokie Nation, mm -hmm. uh, which represented extremely well last year in supporting us. Uh, but I do understand that there, there's added teams and, you know, geography for other teams. They want their fans to be able to come. So the men moving around uh, probably will happen. But I love Greensboro and what they do for us. As far as the expansion, you know, with, with other teams coming in, um, to have all 18 participate, it means an extra day. Uh, and that's a six-day tournament. And that's very, very long. Five days is really long. Yeah. And so I know they have some decisions to make, and uh, but you really want the experience for the student athlete to be first and foremost. Yeah. When you took over this program in March of 2016, Virginia Tech women's basketball was two years removed from a last place finish in the league. Now in 2023, you're coming off a ACC championship, a Final Four appearance. You are number one seed. You're the preseason pick to win the league as announced on Thursday. When you think about your first seven years and where the program was to where it is now, where does your mind go? It's mind blowing. It really is. You know, people say, did you, did you vision this? Did you envision this amount of success? And I had to stop and think, and I said, I didn't envision it. I dreamt it. You know, you hoped that you could get to a situation like that, but to envision that you're going to go, uh, you're going to win an ACC championship when it has never been done here. As you, as you mentioned, two years removed from coming in last place in the ACC um, to being a number one seed, to taking a team to the Final Four. All right, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good dream <laughs> in itself. And, uh, but, you know, it's a testament to every, every student athlete that we had that come through here, every coach that's come through here, everyone who's really believed in what we were trying to accomplish. And then you add, you know, some of the great players that we were fortunate to be able to get. Uh, Elizabeth Kitley is a generational player. As she's proving statistically, she's scored more points than anyone ever has. She'll probably put that record away this year where no one will ever be able to break it. Um, you know, Georgia Amor, you know, the way she's elevated our program. And uh, we're very fortunate to have those young ladies. So I can't say that that's what we envisioned, but that's what we dreamt. And now it's a, it's a, it's a dream come true. And uh, now we want to try to build on it. You came from some individual workouts with Georgia Amor and Liz Kitley. I know that's become quite a cornerstone, a cornerstone, I should say of your program. And you had mentioned a couple weeks ago that that was something you did at James Madison. Mm -hmm. How has that helped mold your program here at Virginia Tech over the last seven years? And why did you start initially doing that? Well, that, that's my passion. You know, when I got here, you know, I was telling anyone, I got the job at JMU, I got the job here. And you know, my, my first thing is that, hey, I, I'm a coach. All right. I will go and I will shake hands and I'll kiss babies and I'll do everything. And I'm pretty good at it, but I'd rather be on the court yeah. with the kids. And uh, it goes deeper than what people think. You know, they think, OK, you're on the court, you're teaching them basketball, you're teaching them basketball. But we're building trust. You know, I can sit there and I can be with Elizabeth Kitley. Yesterday I had her in an individual and we spent the first 20 minutes on the sidelines talking. And it was about life. It was about family. It was about anything but basketball. Then we got to the basketball part. And you know, what we're building is trust. All right, so now I understand their movements, their moves. They understand what I want from them. So during the course of a game, we just look at each other. We don't even have to verbally communicate. We, we have nonverbal signals, and they'll know exactly what I want because of the hours that I've spent with them on the floor. 
And that's the only that's the way that we figure that we can compete at the highest level at Virginia Tech, because we're, we're not fortunate enough that we can go in and have a, a roster full of McDonald's All-Americans, five star recruits. We have to get the kids who will put the work in to become All-Americans. And that's what we've done. And uh, we compete against teams a lot that when we walk out on the floor, we have zero McDonald's All-Americans and they might have six or seven or eight. Uh, but with the work, the trust that we put in e each other, we feel like we can compete with anyone. And uh, that's the way that we felt like we could compete at this level. Uh, we went to recruit kids who we felt like had a really high ceiling and hadn't reached their potential yet, that we can get the most out of them. And we've been very fortunate that those kids have really panned out for us. You were on, I, I listened to uh, my good friend Evan Hughes host your your uh, day, you know, your season debut for your radio show mm -hmm. last week. And Evan asked you when you were sitting at, on your dock this over the summer, if it ever kind of hit you what you did going back to Charlotte this week and seeing the signage and, and being around everybody. Did that kind of let it set in a little bit more? What, I, what do you accomplish last year? Yeah. You know what? It sets in, but sometimes at this point it sets in in a different way. Uh, a lot of times people think it has it set in to the point where you just relax, enjoy it, reminisce. Uh, that time has really passed. Now when I see the signage and people want to talk about it, it's almost like motivation to work a little bit harder this year. And for anyone that says, hey, you know, you're going to do it again, uh, we, we stop them very quickly in their tracks because we don't want to discredit what we did last year. What we did last year was so hard. It was so hard, it had never been done before here. Um, most programs don't get to achieve that. You know, we played against a historic program in Ohio State to get to that point, and they have never been to a Final Four. You know, and so for us at Virginia Tech, where the history hasn't been as great, especially since they've been in the ACC, uh, we, we had to stop, relish the moment, understand it, appreciate it. Like I tell the kids a lot, stop, smell the roses. All right, but now it's time to, okay, put that to bed, and now it's time for a different run. Uh, and because we can't compare last year's group to this year's group. And we've understood that. And the kids have been really working hard all right, to develop their own identity for this year. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. I know that whenever you take a new job, you're always going to aim for the mountaintop. With that being said, when you arrived in Blacksburg, did you ever anticipate getting the turnout you all got for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, no. Um, you, you again, you dreamt it, and I uh, and you know it could happen. You know when you walk when you walk into um, Castle Coliseum when the men are playing, and they play Inner Sandman, and the whole place is jumping, and you know just the energy in the building, the buzz. Uh, you, you know you want the same for for your girls. You really do. And you know we had it was a slow build. It was a slow build and, you know, to bring people back on board, to bring people who had never been uh, what they call women's basketball fans, you know, to really, you know, take a look because some great things are happening. And when we walked out to play the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, it was uh, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. I, I was just so gratified, gratifying for my girls to be able to because they work hard. You know, and their counterparts are right are in the same building in Hanhurst, and they see how hard they work. And now our girls are working as hard, and now they're getting to uh, have that full capacity, that that electric, that buzz, and uh, that was that was tremendous for us. And uh, one of the coolest moments I've ever had in in coaching ever was uh, when we were playing the games, and the NCAA wouldn't allow us to play Inner Sandman, and the crowd sang it a cappella. Mm -hmm. And it really caught us off guard 
because we were we were bummed out. We weren't going to get to play it. We wanted to hear. We wanted to see you know nine thousand people jumping up and down when Inner Sandman played. And so when they started singing it a cappella, the first game against Chattanooga, I think it threw us off because the first possession was a turnover. Okay, and we <laughs> yes. were like, okay, calm down, calm down. That was cool, but calm down. Uh, the second game against South Dakota State, I think we were ready for it, and they started singing it, and it was great. And Georgia hits a three right in the middle of it. They stop, they cheer, and then they went right back to where they left off and finished it a cappella. And that was one of the coolest moments I've ever had as a coach because normally I drown all that out. And when that happened, I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And I couldn't wait to go back and watch it. And it was just as cool watching it again. So, you know, Hokie, Hokie fans, they came out, they showed out, they represented. And I've always said, you know, that building can make a good team great. And they really helped us last year. The Final Four run, the ACC championship, we can tell, I know obviously you can tell, that it really changed the national perception of this program in Virginia Tech women's basketball. In Tying in both last year's team and this year's team, how are you able to approach maybe kids in the transfer portal in terms of recruiting or high school kids mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned it kind of opens up a little bit more doors now for you. What what has has changed in terms of that aspect of it now that you guys accomplished what you did last year? Yeah, I, I think the representation that we had last year just throughout, you know, the end of the season to the tournament, we started getting, you know, national recognition, a lot more eyes on us. Obviously, when you're in NCAA tournament and it goes from 68 to, you know, 32 to, you know, 16, more eyes are going to be on you the longer you stay in it. And people got to see our program. And it wasn't just the final score that they were watching. They were watching the way that we played. They were watching the way that we represented. I've had so many fans, coaches, uh, recruits, parents of recruits, everyone say that they enjoyed watching us play. We were fun to watch. We looked like we really got along. The chemistry was unbelievable. And then when you can get comments like that and people are thinking that way of you, they want to be a part of your program. You know, they want to watch your program. They want to emulate your program. And uh, I've gotten so many uh, calls and people wanting to say, hey, how do you do this? They even asked me, how do you build your chemistry? And I, I just said, we do it organically. We don't bring in anybody to do a, you know, seminar or we don't have these exercises that we do. We just, we just learn how to care for each other and love for each other and want to play for each other. And that's what those kids had on display, you know, the whole time last year. So now... When I'm calling recruits, well, in the past, I used to have to say, well, hey, do you know much about Virginia Tech? Uh, they would say no. You know, or, or the most they would say is, uh, I know you play in the ACC. Or you have, maybe they would say you have inner Sandman. You know, hmm. now they've seen us. They've watched us. They talk about our players. They talk about Liz Kitley like they've been watching her, you know, forever. Georgia is like, you know, Cher or Madonna. They just call her Georgia. She's a one-name person, you know. And uh, so that just, that puts you two, three steps ahead. So now you're recruiting with, you know, more storied programs. And, you know, now, you know, where we're, we're recruiting against people. Uh, my first couple of years, we were really going against a lot of high mid-majors, you know, to beat them out for people. Now we're going up against some of the most historic programs in the country and we're winning some of those battles. We lose some of those battles, but at least you're in the conversation. And so I can start two, three steps ahead now when I'm introducing myself to a recruit because they watched us last year continue on the run that we had. Speaking of the portal, Rose, Matilda, Olivia, what do those three bring to the table to y'all this year? They, they, they're pieces to our puzzle, all right? They are, they are the pieces to a Lego set, 
that you need. Okay. If you don't have one, you're not going to be able to put it all together. All right. <laughs> so there are huge parts of what we wanted to do. And those were the three kids that we went out and sought. Okay. We, we, we don't go in the portal and just say, Hey, who scored the most? Who's the highest score in the portal? You know, we watch these kids to see if they're going to fit. Are they going to fill a void that we need? Are they going to fit our system? Are they coachable? Are they Virginia Tech kids? And uh, those were the three that we identified. Uh, for us, we got a late jump on everything because the portal opens up all right, soon as, soon as the NCAA tournament starts. And, you know, I, I would be, I would feel sick to my stomach if I didn't give my full undivided attention to that task because that's what you build for. You know, you don't build to get to the NCAA tournament, then you get there, then all of a sudden your focus is somewhere else because you're trying to maintain something. You want to focus on the tournament. So we were really behind in that process because we kept playing, kept playing. But we knew who we wanted. Uh, we had some early conversations with them to let them know we were very interested. And then as soon as our season was over with, you know, boom, we, we went to, we went at it full bore. And we knew who we wanted. And we went three for three. We got three kids we wanted. We got them. And we were very fortunate because they all fill a void that we needed. Matilda will, will step in for, you know, Kayana Trailer, much different, but I think they will have the same kind of production. You know, KT did a phenomenal job for us and doing a lot of things. You're playing off the ball, guarding, uh, downhill driver, where Matilda will fill that void with she's a tremendous three-point shooter. You know, one of the best I've ever seen. You know, she shot almost, I think, 40% last year from Michigan State. You put her on the other side of a Kayla King and a Georgia Amor with Liz inside, I think she's going to get a lot more wide-open shots than she ever anticipated. And when she can knock them down at a high clip, that's going to be very productive for us. Uh, Rose Michelle, um, she's not Taylor Soul, but the same mold. You know, strong, athletic plays downhill, crashes the board, rebounds, doesn't need the ball in her hand every possession to be effective. And I think she's going to be tr tr uh, tremendous for us. Uh, Olivia knows the league extremely well, you know, has played over 100 games in the ACC. And now she brings that experience to us where we don't have to rely on inexperienced players. And uh, they just add something. Everybody adds something to the group. And they're great people. They're great people, extremely coachable, uh, just want to come in and really help us get to another level that we that we got to last year taylor and kayana and demo they were i mean they they were part of this core that, that helped get the program to where it is now obviously they're not, they're not here anymore but can you share any updates to the fans on on what they're up to now and um Two of them were drafted in the yeah, WNBA. I'm yeah. sure that was a, a very proud coach moment for you. Very proud moment uh, because those kids came here and they were they were their best players on their teams, but they never gotten over the hump, never been in an NCAA tournament. And they both sacrificed a lot to get to this point where they could win. And yeah, they would love to have more shots, but they knew what they had to do for us in order to win. And to watch their sacrifice really get them to where they wanted to get to, it, it's a story. It's a story in itself that you can continue to tell future players, hey, look, they came in, they played in our system, they sacrificed a little bit of their shots or the stardom or whatever, and they still got drafted because we won. We won. If you win, you're going to be, you know, one of the last ones standing and the highest of the high are going to watch you play on the big stage. And so both of them got drafted. Uh, Kayana Trailer is playing in the first division in Europe over in France. I having a wonderful start to her season. Uh, continue to talk to her probably once, twice a week. Um, she's family. 
she's family and you know will continue to help us re in recruiting just by her success and what she's doing uh taylor soul i talk to her every other day you know I, I sometimes i wonder if she's still here in blacksburg you know <laughs> and her story is fantastic because in the transfer portal when you have kids for one year you don't really even have them for one year it's really 10 months and she transformed she went to boston college and she appreciated her time at boston college but if you ask her she'll tell you she's a hokey and everything that she experienced last year um it, it was a dream come true for her uh the very first game we had she was bouncing off the walls i said why are you so hyper and she says coach i've never had this many people cheering for me and so i'm, I'm going to take advantage of it she soaked it in and took advantage of everything blacksburg she even texted me the other day and said hey go to black salt and get a chicken sandwich with some seasoned fries. And I'm like, where is that? You know, <laughs> I've been here seven. Waffle yeah, House. next yeah. to Waffle House. Really good. It's really good. Really good. <laughs> I went, I went and I had a chicken sandwich with some seasoned fries and I text her right away and I'm like, two thumbs up. It's really good. <laughs> but you know, she's still making an impact on us, you know, from far away. She's in Italy. Cool story. Uh, she texted me last week, her and um, a kid named Jasmine Guafney that I that played for me at James Madison mm -hmm. last uh, the last year that I was there. They played against each other, and uh, and they they were texting me at the same time talking about the game. They guarded each other, and uh, just my two worlds collided in that moment. But it was really cool. Um, Demo is uh, living in Charlotte. Uh, and you know, she's trying to figure out whether or not she wants to play anymore. I think Demo is going to be a tremendous coach, tremendous coach. She's going to figure that out, find a spot because the kid just loves the game, loves the game. And then Taylor Guyman um, had an opportunity to come back for one more year, but decided to forego it. Uh, she worked. She was a biomedical engineer. <laughs> Extremely yeah, smart. Very, very smart. She's well equipped. Very, very well <laughs> equipped. So she actually is partnering up with uh, with a couple of Duke. Alum, football alumni mm. who uh, they go and they make uh, they make equipment preventive equipment or equipment to help athletes like they, they, they so I, I asked her what she did she gave me this long technical term what she was doing and I'm looking at her like I don't know what that is she, and she says well you ever see the mask the guys wear when they break their nose in basketball I said yeah we make those and I said oh my god thank you all right thank you so um doing very well you know I call it adulting uh but she's you know trans uh just transforming herself into that world, but uh, she's doing a tremendous job as well. That's beyond my pay grade. I would not oh, know yeah. how to do that. <laughs> no, I would not no. know how to do that. No. Well, this summer you announced Lindsay Hicks as your new associate head coach. I know she's been here for a couple of years, but what has she meant to y'all's program since she arrived? Yeah, she's uh, she's tremendous. Uh, has has a wonderful temperament. Uh, just really is uh, down to earth. But kids respect her so much, and uh, and she comes in with a knowledge, with a wealth of knowledge. Uh, she was from Louisiana Tech, where she was the associate head coach, uh, but just works hard and works in a, in a very professional manner, in a fun manner. And uh, she's a budding star. And I think one day, you know, she's going to be a tremendous head coach. Uh, but we're fortunate enough to have her here. Kids love her. Um, you know, it'd be very hard for me to be able to be successful, move around uh, as smoothly as we do without her, just her production and, and her being there. And uh, so I'm excited, you know, for her future, uh, continuing to get more and more. Uh, obviously, we've had some coaches go on to be head coaches. Sean Poppy has done a tremendous job at Chattanooga. Jim Brown is at um, at Queens. Uh, uh, Brittany Anderson will, is a budding star. I think she's going to get an opportunity very, very soon. She's now in at uh, Illinois. Um, but it's just it's just a great tree to understand. And I think that it is a respect level for coaches who come through Virginia Tech where they can aspire to be head coaches and move in a way that's going to really help their career. I saw you tweeted the other day 
the mocks are, are yeah. the preseason SoCon pick, man. I told him, I said, slow down, man, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, I, I, I'm so proud of uh, Sean Poppy. Uh, he and I talked for a very long time last night. He just bought a lot of different things. Bullseye on his back now. And, uh, you know, just, you know, I miss him dearly. Uh, you know, wish he could have been here for, you know, even longer period of time. Uh, but, you know, he... He impacted this program, you know, me. He'll say that I impacted him as well. But, uh, you know, it was really, it was fun having him as my right hand. Um, when Chattanooga, you know, the, the, the AD at Chattanooga, I used to work at JMU in fundraising when I was the head coach there. And uh, he called me and, um, and I said, well, what are you looking for? And he said, I want, a, I want a mirror image of your program at Virginia Tech. Well, I said, well, look no further. You know, Sean Poppy is your guy. And uh, he says, you think? And I say, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll run that program and he'll build it just like we built it here. And, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but we call them like our little sisters because I'll see videos of, of Poppy and he's using the same things that we do here, Yeah, you know, and, and it's really fun. And he'll tell me, he says, you look, man, I'm, he said, I'm not plagiarizing. I'm just telling you, I'm using your stuff. And, that, and that's a huge compliment in itself. So, um, you know, it's funny when he, when he got the job offer, um, Chattanooga called me and they said they were going to offer him a job. And, you know, I said, well, what are you guys, what are you guys going to offer him? How much are you going to offer him? And they told me, I said, well, I can beat that. And so about an hour or two later, Sean calls me and he says, look, I don't know what you said to them, but he got a little bit of a raise. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, I don't know what you said to him. I, I appreciate it. But, you know, I'm always going to look out for him. He does a tremendous job there and they're going to win. They're going to win, but he does it the right way. You brought in Juwan Scaife over the summer. What has his impact been through first couple weeks of practice and everything? And why was he kind of the right guy for the job? Well, I mean, I think that he's still learning our system, you know, so he uh, he's probably not going to be as boisterous right now until he can really learn what we're doing. We have two veterans. Um, people have been with me and know me, and he's probably watching them and trying to figure out, you know, where it is he can fit in, what's going to be his niche. Uh, but he just watches, you know, Lindsay and, uh, and Rad. My whole staff last year, you know, I got to give them, you know, kudos because – what they did last year, you know, we were down an assistant coach. Everybody stepped in, stepped up, and uh, we didn't miss a beat. We were exhausted at the end of the year. They had to do a little bit more, um, but, but they all did. You know, Lindsay uh, Rad, who had a phenomenal year, she went from a, a grad assistant right to a full-time assistant and has been tremendous. She's hit the ground running with recruiting. Um, you know, her X's and O's are really on point. Uh, she knows me. She knows me extremely well, and uh, she knows what my Starbucks order is. She can get me here and there, you know, in the right places, watching the right kind of kids, understands what we want in a, in a, in a future Hokie. And uh, so he has just, he has a blueprint right in front of him, you know, just to watch them and build on that, and, uh, and I think he's going to be a great addition. Number eight in the preseason AP Top 25, pick to win the ACC, highest ranking in the ACC. How does that make you feel? proud <laughs> uh, and, and then also motivated you just got me motivated i want to i want to finish this and go watch some film so we can get better but uh you know a lot, lot of times the expectations that that are put on you by the outside are no heavier than what you put on yourself and we understand who we are and what we're capable of doing and uh you know and that, that's paper it's paper uh, i don't i think we were preseason 13 last year we ended up preseason four i mean uh postseason four mm -hmm. and um so the games have to be played and uh, we, we have an extremely challenging schedule, whether it's non-conference. Um, our in-conference schedule is, is challenging. You know, we're, we're, in a, we're in a tough pod. You know, we have to play Carolina twice. We have to play Duke twice. We have to play NC State twice. 
Uh, we have to play University of Virginia, who's getting a lot better twice. And then we go on the road this year. You know, a lot of our a lot of our tough games are on the road. We have to go to uh, Notre Dame, to Louisville, to Florida State. And so, you know, it's going to be very challenging. But the thing that, that excites me is I don't think we have to live up to that billing right now. We just have to continue to get better. And I think we'll hit our stride, um, you know, hit our stride soon. And we'll be one of those top teams, one of those top 10 teams in the country. Talking with Liz and Georgia and Kayla at ACC tip-off down in Charlotte this week. I, Liz is so excited to have Matilda because it'll stretch the yeah. floor e even more. When, when you look at this team you have this year, does any stand, anything stand out to you in terms of the if you guys might play, if it might look different? Or is it just going to be kind of maybe a little bit more spread out because of what Matilda provides and maybe Liz might have more room inside. Yeah, I, I'm anxious. We, we have a scrimmage tomorrow and uh, we've been going against each other for 20 some days, 20 some practices and we're beating up each other. And, you know, our practice guys give us a different look, you know, every now and then. And um, but they look really good that they do. And I don't know how that's going to translate into playing against someone else, but they understand it. The, the chemistry that they're gaining with each other. Um, Matilda has been a seamless addition. Uh, she does, she's not needy. Um, but when she gets her opportunity, she capitalizes on it. Um, she's a very smart player. She's a great connector. And, uh, and, and I really like what she provides for us. So, um, you know, I, I think our lineups, you know, we're, we're our versatility, we can be different from game to game. Uh, we can be different from quarter to quarter. You know, we have the ability this year. It's the, it's the deepest team that I've ever had mm -hmm. here at Virginia Tech, and that's always been uh, a bugaboo for us. Is that you know we we had a, we had some really good players, but there was been a big drop off. You know, afterwards, uh, even last year, you know, one through six, we were really good. All right, but then you know you start going seven through ten, and then you had a little bit of a drop off sometimes. Um, this year, we don't really have that, and I think once the young players get more and more experience that drop off will be even less because they're extremely talented they're just trying to learn our system so we can go out we can we can play experience we can go out we can play big uh it's the biggest team that i've ever had since we've been here uh it's the best shooting team that i've ever had since we've been here uh, but you know again i got to curb our enthusiasm because it's a different year it doesn't matter what we did last year the success we had last year we still have to build that chemistry but we definitely have the pieces of the puzzle you mentioned a scrimmage what, as a coach, do you look for in those types of situations? Is it how you can mix and match lineups, yeah. who works well together, and and you've been doing this for a while. What have you learned about your teams over the years from those types of opportunities? I'm so different now. You know, you know, even when I got even when I got here at Virginia Tech, you wanted to win. You wanted to win the scrimmage, win the scrimmage, win the scrimmage. And what I learned from that was no one knows. No one cares. You don't even care. You know, you don't even care, you know, what it is. You just want to see how kids are going to play. And we have a lot of kids. I have nine players who have never played for me other than the, the couple games in Greece. So that's going to be, that's exciting for me to see how they respond. Because like sometimes, like you take Georgia Amore, for instance. Georgia Amore is not my best shooter. Okay, not my best shooter. If you watch them in practice or you just line them up, Okay, Kayla is arguably a better shooter than Georgia, and Matilda is arguably a better shooter than Georgia. But when you turn the lights on, Georgia has to have that shot because she's an in-game shooter. And, and you don't know what it is. You don't know why it is, but you just know that. So if I'm going to drop a game-winning play and I need a three, it's going to Georgia Amore. 
And that's because when the lights come on, she performs. She's a, she's a performer. And so now I have nine kids who I don't know. And we went to, we went to, we went to Greece and I got a little bit of a taste of what they could be, uh, but we don't know. Now, now we've had a better competition and we're going to see what they look like. So I could come up. So, so what I need to see tomorrow is not try to win the game. I'll probably try to win the first quarter, maybe the first half, but really after that, then I really need to see some of those other players and what they can do, win, lose, or draw. And then I can figure it out what we need to do for the next couple of weeks before we play our first game. You mentioned scrimmages. How much of an impact do you think the true freshmen will have? And how have those preseason scrimmages helped you visualize how much of a role they could have? You know, they, um, they're as ready at, or more so as than any freshman group that I've ever had here. That's including Liz's freshman group. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, I was so curious. I went back four years ago to see when we played, uh, we went to Italy, uh, Liz's freshman year, Kayla's freshman year. We went to Italy and we played like three games. And I, we, we, we dug those tapes up and I wanted to see Liz's movements compared to what Clara Strack's movements are. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to see Kayla's movements compared to what Karis Baker's movements are. And there's really, there's not a lot of comparison. And uh, the group now, they're, they're way more fluid, physically ready. Uh, they just don't have the experience. But I'm so excited about their, just, just their makeup and who they are. Uh, I just walked out, I came straight here from working out Clara Strack. And we're doing a lot of the same things that we did with Liz to get her to this, to this point. And, you know, Liz would even argue that Clara is probably a little bit ahead of her, you know, at the same stage. But you can't, estimate what Clara's going to do from like freshman to sophomore year. That's where Liz took a huge jump. And so that still remains to be seen, but she has a work ethic. She constantly wants to get in. She'll come in and she'll watch Liz work out. Uh, the guards will come in and watch Georgia work out. And if you listen to them, uh, I was talking to Mackenzie Nelson the other day, a freshman from uh, Connecticut who was Connecticut player of the year. And she said, I knew I was going to come in here, but I didn't know Georgia was that good. And she says, I have, I have to, she said, I knew she was good, but I didn't know how good she was. And she said, I have to not get down on myself because I have to continue to remind myself that that's one of, if not the best point guard in the country. And that's only going to strengthen me. So she'll come in and she'll watch Georgia work out. Georgia and I will go to a film session, a, a private film session, and McKenzie will follow and she'll just watch and listen to what we're saying. So they, they have that drive, that, that want to, they want to get better. Uh, Karis Baker, you know, is going to be a tremendous. I think, I think the two that are probably will, will contribute most for us this year is probably Clara Strack and Karis Baker. Uh, they both bring tremendous size at their position. Uh, they're skilled. They play hard. They just have to get experience. I was, I actually kind of asked Georgia about that a little bit this week at AC Media Days. And she laughed and said that Mackie's annoying mm -hmm. because she follows her around so much. And right. she, she said it reminds her of Gemma, her, her younger sister, sister yeah. because she's like, I, man, I go in the weight room. She's like, I'm doing like eight, seven on the treadmill. And Mackie comes up next to me and pulls up, just goes up to eight, seven immediately. Yeah. She's like, I tick it up and Mackie does the same thing. <laughs> and it's like, she's like, stop copying me. Right. But she's like, I guess I'm doing something right. Right. No, it, it is. And, and, it, and it's tremendous. It, it is like that sisterhood. It is like that little annoying sister. But when you get out in public, who do you protect the most? Your little sister. And so I think she's helping prepare, you know, Mackie or Samaya um, and with the understanding that, you know, she didn't have the same type of tutelage when she was a freshman. It was Coach Brooks 
tutoring her. And it wasn't always pleasant, you know, because I needed I needed Georgia to be better quicker than I need Mackie to be better because Georgia was the starting point guard. And now Mackie has the luxury of sitting back and watching and learning. And when she gets her, her butt kicked, she has to, okay, learn from that, you know, and understand it. And I think that's really what's happening. And, uh, and that's why this group is very special. It, it was a top, I think, 15, top 20 recruiting class in the country. And they've come in and they've done a really good job of, um, of just really showcasing what their capabilities were. We went to, we went to Greece and it was lesser competition, um, but Clara averaged 20 points and 14 rebounds. Okay, I don't care if you're if you're playing against a middle school and you get 20 and 14. <laughs> that's still something. Yeah. And uh, and then Karis Baker, she had one game where she had seven threes in a game. You know, so they have those capabilities. It's like got to get their feet wet and understand the tempo of the game at this level. And I think they'll be really good for us. What's it been like to have Liz and Georgia and Kayla around to kind of have them show the the young kids the ropes? Yeah. You mentioned it in your. In your when you had uh, media day a couple weeks ago, um, there's been a couple times during practice where somebody walks straight, one of the freshmen walks straight by you to go talk to Georgia or Liz or Kayla about something. Instead of asking you, yeah. they go they go to ask their teammate, what is that leadership like from, from that trio? Obviously, they've been around for so long. Yeah, it, it, it's special. It really is. Um, Dante Lovett's uh, dad, uh, Billy Lovett, big friend of mine uh, I've known him for 20 years and he's a high school coach girls coach he came to my practice yesterday and he was sitting there and what you're talking about was on full display and we're, we're going through our stuff and I told him I said we, we will start practice with them going over our plays and I said watch them they will conversate with each other they'll talk to each other and right on cue without me saying anything Georgia, Liz, and Kayla, who are three of the smartest players I've ever had, three of the smartest players I've ever had in my life, they started talking for about two minutes about the angles that they wanted to take off of a particular play. And his mind was blown. And he was like, hey, are you kidding me? And I said, that's what they are. And they just understand me, my system, how I want things, when I want them. And they're able to dissect it so well that they can go and they can tell it to the other players. And so now when the other players have questions, I don't always have to answer it. You know, the assistant coaches don't always have to answer it. Liz will tell Clara, this is what you want to do. And it's like the credibility is right there because obviously she's the best player in the ACC. When Georgia, when Georgia talks to our little point guards, you guys are too young for this, but it's like E.F. Hutton. There used to be a commercial, Google it, find it out. When E.F. Hutton would talk, it was like these commercials, everybody would stop and listen. You know, they would stop everything still quiet, and that's the way that she is with them. So that is a tremendous addition for me because I'm not always on the court. I'm not always, you know, in the corner when they're, when they're wondering something, and the upperclassmen can do it. Uh, so much that they are so smart. It was so funny. Kayla's probably, we, we kind of tease that Kayla's probably the smartest of the group. Liz and Georgia are, are extremely smart, but Kayla just has this like photographic memory. She doesn't forget anything. So we were talking about a play yesterday and Kayla was kind of like really off about what she was saying. And we were all just, you know, confused. And we were like, are you talking about a different play? And Liz got so tickled because Kayla said something <laughs> wrong. For the next 10 minutes, she kept talking about it. Aha, Kayla messed up, you know, and, but that's how good they yeah. are with everything. And it's, and it's a coach's dream 
it, it's it's a big plus for us because they can just come up with stuff and just really help whatever the situation is. This is a very random sidebar, but it has to do with your future son-in-law. Mike Young said that he let Hunter Couture install a play. I'm, it sounds like that that Georgia and Liz and Kayla are, you know, they're intelligent enough and they know your system well enough to install a play. Have you ever had help let a player install a play before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, or, or tweak it. Yeah. Or tweak it. We were playing UVA last year at UVA. And they were playing us a certain way. And it, it was in heat of the moment. I mean, I think we were up by like maybe, you know, six or seven going down the stretch. And we needed plays. We needed to make some plays because I remember Liz was in foul trouble and Taylor Soul were in foul trouble. And both of them were on the bench. And we were still trying to hold them off while, the, you know, we could get to the point. And Georgia comes up to me and in her Aus- Australian accent, and she's like telling me like a, a, a play that we could run. And I said, slow down, baby. I said, speak English. Okay. And then she told me, she said, well, they're playing me to come off of this high ball screen in a way that if I just rip and go baseline, I can get a layup. And I said, okay, do it. And I I kid you not, she caught it. They played her to go over the screen. She rent went baseline, boom, and one. Game's over. Up Mm. 10. Up 10. And it's like the, the, the amount of confidence that I have with her when she comes to me, She's like E.F. Hutton. I'm listening. Okay. I'm listening. What is it? And that's, that's the, that's the amount of film work that we've had, the amount of individual workouts that we've had, that we are connected, that she feels comfortable enough to come talk to me and tell me about something that she sees. And I'm comfortable enough to trust her and okay, and we can do it. And, you know, every now and then I'm like, nah, I really want to do this. And she'll say, okay, because she understands that I might have something in. And she's not hurt by, their feelings don't get hurt. But the trust that we have in each other uh, is tremendous. And then Liz is the same way. Liz, Liz, we were playing Duke two years ago. And she said, when I come off on this play, they're double teaming me, but they're coming off a of Shep's person. I can just throw it back to Shep if you run that play. And I said, okay. We ran it, and lo and behold, they double-team off of Shep. I have no idea why they lay lay baby Asia Shepard. She throws it right back to her. Shep hits a three, boom, it puts the game out of reach. You know, and that's the trust that we have with each other. You've talked about the depth on a numerous amount of occasions. It's no secret this is probably one of the deeper teams you've had here at Virginia Tech. I know you've talked about it a little bit with David, but is there a number you would like to get to this year? Eight, nine, ten, or is 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 something is there a number that comes to mind essentially? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a work in progress. We're still trying to form our identity. You know, as I mentioned before, I'm still trying to figure out who's gonna who's gonna play well when we flick the lights on. You know, who's gonna play well when we're going against someone else? And uh who's gonna play well with each other? You know, that's what they're gonna have to learn as well. So Remains to be seen. I think it'll be a work in progress. Uh, you look at our team last year. Last year, we had to invent ourselves. You know, uh, you know, we, we had a certain lineup to start the season. Injuries happened. We had to reinvent ourselves. You know, we had additions come back. We had to re reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we finally had a group that we went on. So I think it's going to be a work in progress because some of the younger players, some will, will be more mature in the, in the beginning. Some will catch up at the end. And then that's going to determine how many we go, but we do have the capabilities that we could go. We could probably go 10 deep. Um, but you know, probably a great number would be nine. And, uh, and so we'll see what happens mm. there. You've gotten to coach Kendall. Mm. You've gotten to coach Chloe. Well, now you get to coach Gabby. 
how special is that for you as a father to have coached all three of your daughters? You know, it, it, it's unbelievable. It's one of my uh, greatest accomplishments. It's one of my most enjoyable accomplishments. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think through these years, uh, by the time Gabby leaves here, we would have had 11 straight years with a Brooks kid on the roster. And, um, and for me, that, that's, that's just something that's special. That's why I coached women's basketball. I had three daughters. You know, my dream was always to coach. When I got, when I came here, the stipulation was, you know, I want to coach my daughters. And, uh, and because that's what I had at James Madison. They were going to let me coach my daughters. And so, you know, you go through the ups and the downs with it. Um, people ask me a lot. It's a blessing uh, to be able to coach your daughters, but it's also a curse because, you know, I see them every day. And if my kids were to leave me, I would probably talk to them two, three times a week. And I would say, how are you doing? They would say, I'm fine. I'm good. And you, you would take them at their, at their word because you don't see them. But I get to see mine every day. So I know if Gabby comes in and she struggled on a test. I know if Gabby walks in and she did tremendous on a test, you know, because I see their expression and you know your kid. And, uh, and then sometimes you fight the lazy narrative. You, you do. And I think that uh, the way we handle the lazy narrative now is much different in the, be in the beginning. Um, and I'm very proud of them because they had to grow up in the shadows of being Kenny Brooks's daughters you know and, and it's and you, when you're in this realm this profession um that you're going to be judged differently you know well can she play there you know well she's not good enough everyone has an opinion everyone has an opinion oh he's just going to play his daughters and i laugh at those because the people who think that i'm going to show them favoritism they don't know me they don't know me if anything you're harder on your children and and i'm a competitor i want to win and so when we go out if Kendall is going to play, has to play 30 minutes like she did for us some games as a freshman, because we just didn't have players. We didn't have players, so she had to play, okay? Now you look at the team now, Gabby's on the, on the team. Gabby doesn't have to play, you know, in Puerto Rico, because we, we've established our program. And so many people would say, oh, well, you know, they don't belong, they don't belong. There's a lot of places for people. You know, people would say stuff like that. It's a lot of places for everyone. Gabby brings something to our program right now. Is she ready to play at this level? No. Will she redshirt? Yeah. You know, she's going through a situation where she's learning how to play at the Division One level uh, on a top 10 team. No, she's not supposed to be playing right now. That means your program's in a great spot. But uh, it's, it's been the best. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I've been, I've been, I'm not the godfather of coaching your kids, but I've had so many coaches call me. How was it coaching your daughter? You know, because my daughter's coming up and I'm thinking about doing it. The coach at Georgia, her daughter plays for her. We talk extensively. Uh, the coach who is now at St. Louis, you know, she coaches her daughter. She called me. Hey, I want to talk to you about it. She even mentioned me in, a, in an article. Yeah, I talked to Kenny Brooks about it. And this is how we blah, blah, blah. Uh, the coach in Nebraska, you know, we played them last year. She said, I want to talk to you. How was it coaching your daughter? And, and I tell them it's, it's like the best experience. And my kids, it's, it's helped me develop a family-type atmosphere. We have a top 15 recruiting class, and every one of the parents in this group, the mothers, came up to me, and they said, I feel comfortable putting my daughter in that environment because you feel comfortable putting your daughter in that environment. Mm. And Liz... Georgia, Kayla, they're, they're tremendous friends with Kendall, with Chloe, and now it's so much fun watching them bring Gabby along because they've been knowing Gabby since she was 12 years old. Now she's their teammate. And so for me, that'd be one of the, the best experiences I've ever had, 
you know, whether Gabby scores a point for us or not, Kendall had a tremendous career. Having Chloe around uh, has been the best, and it's been really helped me make me the coach that I am here at Virginia Tech because if they couldn't have come here, then I wouldn't be here, and, uh, and it's been tremendous for us. In terms of Kayla and Liz and Georgia, they've all been playing college basketball for a while now. They're used to it. Their accolades speak for themselves. When you're working them out and they're like working on individual skills, is there a point as a college athlete where the process of getting better changes? Yes. Like in terms of you work on your fundamentals so much that you have I don't want to say because you can always work on your fundamentals right, right. but like where you have figured out a lot of the bigger picture and then it's just kind of tweaking right. some of the little stuff and, and refining that it, it is uh and we, we had that discussion this year and uh both of all three of them have made monumental jumps from like their freshman year to their sophomore year huge jump from the sophomore year to their junior year junior year to the senior year it gets a little bit more refined all right and i think you know liz and georgia in particular uh, as soon as the final four was over with they were back at it they were back at it and they didn't understand that our workouts became more challenging because i'm throwing different things at them i'm making the workout more difficult because we're working on difficult shots and not just the regular shot and it's kind of like if, if you're if you're if you have a if you're making a carving all right, you have a piece of wood and you want to make it into, I don't know, say you want to make it into a hokey bird. All right, when you first start and you start carving it, you're making huge jumps and making it look like a hokey bird. But then you're refining it to making, you know, making the beak a little bit more uh, refined. All right, well, maybe you don't notice that, you know, as much as you will as when you're carving out, you know, the whole sculpture, but it's still important. And it's what making it look really real. It's what making it going to uh, set itself apart. And they had to understand that. You know, they're not going to make these huge jumps. They just have to refine it, refine it, do the little things that's going to make it better. All right. Now, then we start training their brain as much as we're training their body. Okay, Liz, you catch the ball here. Okay, you don't have to go fast. Go at your pace. Go at your pace and make them play at your pace. And when you can control your opponent that way. That's when you're working on a different level. It's not, you know, playing to the pace of your opponent. You make them pay, play at yours. And those are little things that you don't get to see as much as, okay, we're working on your three-point shot. And all of a sudden, instead of going, you know, three for 10, Liz, you went eight for 10. All right. You maybe won't see it, but you understand it. And it really shows in your game. And that's where they are now. That's where they are now. I'm making it difficult for them. The moves that we are working on uh, not only will benefit them today, but they will help them when they become WNBA prospects. You guys hit the ground running, it's no secret, with Iowa the first week in Charlotte and then later in the month LSU. Obviously, you don't have control over the LSU game. Iowa, when it was presented to you, what was kind of your thought process there and how eye-opening is that? For it to be a part how eye-opening is it for you guys to be a part of as a program it, it, it's it's phenomenal and, it, and it's a situation an opportunity that i could not pass up i do not want to be playing iowa the second game of the year <laughs> i don't want to have the game plan for someone like a caitlin clark the first week uh, of the season uh but when the when the opportunity was presented to me um it, it took it, it took me only a few seconds to look past that and my wants and what it would mean for not only our program, but for women's basketball. 
You know, I felt like that we were, you know, very close to playing Iowa last year in the in the national championship game. Uh, I felt like that game would have been a, a tremendous game because our styles are very similar. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the Iowa program. And so then I started looking at it from a different manner. Okay. I say, so you're telling me that we could come to Charlotte, play in the Hornets arena and play against, you know, one of the best teams in the country. And it's going to be on ESPN and we get a guarantee. Okay. I'm like, as many times as I try to talk myself out of it, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I think it's, it's going to be a game that's going to really transcend uh, women's basketball. It's going to help transcend it. Uh, it's an early on matchup. So I think that a lot of eyes are going to be on it. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to showcase not only what we are, but who we are. And that was one of the great experiences that we had last year. And uh, Rebecca Lobo asked me, she said, what are you most proud of that you guys got to this point? And we were talking about the Elite Eight. And I said that the whole country is going to be able to see how good Elizabeth Kitley is and how good Georgia Amor is and how good we are and not just regional television or ACC network, the whole world's gonna to get to see it. And I think this is another opportunity for us to be able to do so. So we're happy with it. They've been tremendous. Ally is sponsoring uh, the game. Uh, the Charlotte Sports Club is putting it on. Um, my daughter, Kendall, works for the ACC in Charlotte right now. She sent me a picture. Uh, I think it's a huge billboard on one of the, on the, one of the buildings. Oh, you know, nice. and it's got Caitlin Clark and it's got Liz and it's got Georgia, and, you know, talking about the game. And so, you know, it kind of gave me goosebumps and I'm like, wow, you know, that, that, that is really big. So it, it's a great opportunity for us. And we're looking forward to the being in Charlotte, too, with the amount of alums down there from this school. How special do you think that will be and how much maroon and orange do you expect to see in the stands? I expect to see a lot. Um, you know, when uh, when we were in Seattle, I was a little worried that we were going to go out there and we weren't going to be it wasn't going to be well attended by sure. Hokie Nation. And when we won, I think we were in the waning moments of winning. And the let's go Hokies chant started off. And I thought to myself, where did they come from? <laughs> you know, and it's just like how they get here. And for us now, and I think it's going to be tremendous. That was another reason that we wanted to play the game. I'm like, you're going, we're playing it in Charlotte. I get Iowa and Charlotte. You know, Hokie Nation is going to represent. And it's so much fun now that, you know, I walk around and, you know, people will come up to me in Kroger and they'll say, see you in Charlotte. And I'm like, Charlotte, where Oh, the Iowa game. And I was, I was, we, uh, I got back from an event the other night and me and my wife stopped into Kroger, ironically again, and we were looking at beauty supplies. You know, I needed some lotion or something. So I never go into, I never go into Kroger and I'm in there and a guy just casually walks by me and he says, beat Iowa. And I'm like, we got high point first, but okay, you know, but it's just, I, th I think the buzz that it's created is really good for our program and women's basketball. We know how tough the ACC, how challenging it is. You guys are in the toughest pod. We talked back in August in your office about how challenging it was to put that schedule together mm -hmm. and how long it took more than normal. Um, Kansas, WNIT champs, Tulane's pretty good. You go to Rutgers. What do you like about the schedule you put together and how it's going to challenge you ahead of the ACC? Well, I, I, I don't like it a lot because I think there's some teams on there that, um, that are going to challenge us. But I like it also for that reason because we have to be prepared. 
We have to be prepared when we go into the ACC. We're going to see a lot of different styles. Uh, you know, some teams in the ACC, they love, love to run around and press. Some want to play uh, primarily man-to-man. Some want to play primarily zone. And so I think we're going to get a little bit of each and everything in our non-conference slate. Uh, that's what you want. You want to be able to challenge yourself. Uh, there's some some aspects of the schedule that you don't have any control over. You know, the LSU game, uh, they just they just put us there. Um, it is a little bit unfortunate with our schedule that um, – that we have, I think, five um, games that are going to be on uh, on a on uh, ESPN, and none of them are in Castle. Uh, I don't know how that happened, um, but you know we, we show well on TV, and I think that if we had a game on uh, on on national television. Uh, it would have really represented our our whole Hokie Nation. Uh, but you know we have to play the games that are put in front of us. But I think our our non conference slate. It, it will prepare us for it. Uh, it also, we have some games that I think that we can try to get some kids some uh, some opportunities, which is necessary to see what they can do. And uh, but it, it's going to be one. But like you mentioned, it did. Uh, it was almost the beginning of September before we put the final game together, uh, because when you have success like we've had it, it it, it just changes things. It, yeah. It not only changes who wants to play you, uh, but you know sometimes when you when you go out and you have to do a guarantee game. Um, we kind of moved into a different tax bracket. And uh, when, when I first started here, averaging in tech, you know, you want to pay someone a guarantee game to come play you, you know, they didn't have to take, have a whole lot of money because they were like, okay, it might be a chance for us to win. You know, now when you're coming off a of final four and Elizabeth Kitley says she's coming back and Kayla King says she's coming back, uh, people hold out a little bit more. They say, what are you paying? And you tell them what you're paying. They're like, oh, no, we're not paying you for that. <laughs> you know, so you had to go up, bump it up a little bit. And uh, that was very challenging for us to be able to do so. But uh, it comes with the territory, the success that you have. I'd rather be in that predicament than to be in the other one where everybody wants to play you because you're not good. Uh, But it just goes to show you the growth of our program. Opening night, high point at Castle Coliseum. You guys are going to raise two pretty significant banners. How meaningful will that night be for the program? I think it's going to be it's going to be fun, Uh, you know. High Point, uh, High Point's going to be a difficult game for us. We played them last year at their place, and uh, it, it was just it was difficult. They they just run a different type of offense. Uh, it's not conducive. It, it's not an ACC type offense, and uh, so that's going to be challenging in itself. But it is going to be emotional when you see a, a Final Four banner being raised. I think we're giving the girls their Final Four rings that night. You know, so it's going to be a lot of emotion, and uh, we're going to have to put that away really quick. And if we can do that, then we got to lock in and focus on what we need to focus on. But I'm excited for it. I think it's a doubleheader with the men. Uh, we get to go out there and uh, first crowd of the year, play in front of a lot of different people. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Coach, I want to leave you with this. If you look over your left shoulder, you can see a Lego constructed Hokie yeah. board. Early on in the podcast, you talked about needing to construct a team together like Legos. I think I can speak for you in saying that's what you hope this team this year looks like so and what last year's team probably looked like too so hey, it, it would be phenomenal because that is very well constructed yes credit uh, to nick brown our nick, producer yeah. nick brown the bandwagon <laughs> texas ranger <fan>. but uh <laughs> no actor. no but if, if, we, if we can look like that at the end of the year mission accomplished no doubt no doubt well coach thank you so so much for your time it has been an absolute blast appreciate you guys yeah thank, thanks for coming on you join obviously uh 
Olivia came on and uh-huh. Carly came on. So we're getting all, we're getting everybody on, yeah, man. You, you guys are going to know the personality of this whole group. So it's a lot hopefully of fun more. being around them. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully more. They've yeah. all been really, really good. Yeah. Well, for head coach Kenny Brooks, for David Cunningham, for Carter, or excuse me, for Nick Brown behind the scenes, I'm Carter Hill signing off for episode 323 of the Tech Sideline podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you after the Syracuse recap next week.